Hi guys and welcome back to the Female Fitness Podcast. I'm your host Danny, and today is a solo episode where I'm going to talk through my own journey in detail in regards to my transition away from bodybuilding and this is something I think I think I've touched on different parts of my journey at different times in different forms of content but I don't think I've ever gone through it all in a lot of detail in one place and so I wanted to go over that and make sure that I covered everything that you guys want to know and so I asked for some questions on my Instagram story thank you so much for those of you who have asked questions or um, given me topics that you want me to cover I really appreciate it massively it just helps make sure that I'm able to provide the information that you guys actually want So please do, whenever I put any questions boxes up, ask anything that comes to mind. There's never any such thing as a stupid question. There's nothing nothing that's off limits. I just want to provide all of the information that you guys want and make sure that I'm answering any questions that you have because I appreciate your support and I just want to help as much as I possibly can. So When it comes to my journey through competing and beyond, I competed for five years. So it's quite a long period of time. And I did a lot of shows in that five year period. So I did a competitive season in 2016, 2017, 2018. And then 2019, I took as an improvement season, essentially to build as much muscle tissue as possible and try and restore health. And then my last competitive season was 2020. Back in 2016, when I started competing, I did have a healthy relationship with with bodybuilding, I would say 100%. I was coached by a great coach. He was very evidence-based and I learned a lot and I was just fascinated by the whole process of learning and the whole process of implementing what I was told and seeing the changes as a result of that from a body composition perspective. I was fascinated by the science and I was fascinated by seeing what my body could do when I put my mind to it as well. I love training and none of the process felt like a burden at all. So I did have a positive relationship with bodybuilding when I first started competing Um, And I did learn a lot from it and I did take positives away from it. But the further into my competitive career I got, the more I had sacrificed my health, the more extreme the process got and the more my life started to revolve around bodybuilding. And towards the end of my time competing in 2020 I would say I had more of an unhealthy relationship with it my goals were bigger I was chasing my pro card and competing had become something that consumed me it had become something that was my entire life as opposed to something that at the start was a part of my life and that's where my relationship with it took a turn for the worse when it became something that consumed me when it became my entire life as opposed to something that was a part of my life that I did for enjoyment so that's something that's worth bearing in mind now when it came to the end of my competitive season in 2020 
I decided to transition away from competing because I kind of came to the realization that it was taking way more from me than it was offering me. And I sort of asked myself the question, what am I doing this for? And I didn't feel like I could answer that question anymore. And my health was in absolute tatters. My health is something that I've always valued. It obviously was lower down on my values list whilst I was competing. And I started to value that more towards the end of 2020. And competing wasn't in line with the direction that I wanted my life to head in anymore. And so I knew that I needed to take a step back from it. I also realized that I was very much towards the end of my time competing, using it as a bit of a distraction or a coping mechanism. Um, I was going through some difficult times, difficult things at the time. Um, I was going through a relationship breakdown that was not a very nice one. And my relationship with bodybuilding as a whole had took a very different turn. And I also felt like I'd lost a lot of myself and lost a lot of my own values by the end of my time competing because I had given so much of myself to this sport and because it had become my entire life and my entire identity. So I just had this gut feeling that something needed to change. I felt very out of alignment and I knew that I needed to take a step back, whether that be temporary or permanent. And I had a, actually a very strong feeling that it would be a permanent decision to take a step back from competing. I kind of knew that would be the case, but um, initially I didn't put pressure on that being the case. I just knew that I needed to take a step back from it and something needed to change. Through the last couple of months of my 2020 prep, as I said, my health was in tatters. I actually had a rib injury and I couldn't even turn to the side, bearing in mind when you're posing, which I was doing every single day in prep and obviously was doing a lot of posing on stage. Twisting is a huge part of posing, especially in the bikini class. Um, and I couldn't even turn to the side without pain. So I, I trained through that rib injury for months trained through the pain and did what I could to manage it. So I remember having my ribs taped up. I was having regular sports massage. I was having acupuncture all to try and manage the pain and loosen off the muscles that had tightened around that injury. Um, but yeah, I was pushing through pain every single day and had become quite numb to that in a way. Um, and wasn't in a good position from a health perspective. So I knew that things needed to change, even looking at my physical body and the state it was in. I also obviously didn't have a period at all. And I lost my period every single prep that I did. And I pretty much lost it as soon as I started dieting. So I went for years, I went months and months and months on end without a period at all and we know that that isn't good for you mentally or physically you feel very disconnected with your body when you don't have a period for one and then 
my estrogen was very low given the fact that I didn't have a period and that comes with its own consequences um you know you can be at risk of fertility issues you can be at risk of low bone mineral density um you can be at risk of heart issues further down the line if you go long periods with low estrogen it's it can be really serious it's not just a case of oh I can't have kids right now it can be so much more serious than that and I think people neglect to realize that sometimes and I was very much kind of in denial at the time when I didn't have a period at all I was of the attitude of well it is what it is you know I have to this is what I have to do to compete which is the case you know for me to get stage lean I had to sacrifice menstrual cycle function because I was spending long periods of time in a state of low energy availability in combination with the stress that was on both my body and mind and that resulted in the loss of my menstrual cycle so yes it is what I had to do to get stage lean but at the time I think I almost didn't even consider that I could take a step back from competing I didn't give myself the option to do that because it felt like my entire life it felt like my only purpose at the time and it sounds really sad to say that but that was genuinely the case that it felt like the only thing I was striving towards in a way it felt like it was it was my worth it was my entire worth it was my only reason for being valuable that's how I felt at the time and so I saw it as necessary to spend that time without a period and that time sacrificing my health even though I valued my health so it's this really strange position to be in but um like I said it doesn't come without consequences and at the time I definitely brushed it off and thought well I don't know if I want kids at the moment anyway so I'll deal with that later but actually (laughs) if you go past a certain point you might not be able to deal with that later obviously I haven't tried for kids so I don't know what's going to happen when that's the case um but it can be really serious and so it's really important to consider these things if you're thinking about getting into competing or if you're trying to decide whether to continue or not um my thyroid hormone hormone function also wasn't great I had found out that I had an underactive thyroid in 2019 during my competitive years um that was the year that I took as an improvement season so I was taking that year to build muscle tissue and try to restore health And I realized that I was having several symptoms. I was experiencing several symptoms that were in line with something being off, whether it was an underactive thyroid or something else. Um, I felt cold all the time. I was gaining body fat much more easily than I usually would. I was extremely fatigued. Um, my training performance was not great and I was someone that loved training but I'd started to fall out of love with fall out of love with it and I was sleeping I was wanting to sleep all the time as well so I knew something wasn't right I got my blood work done um, found out that I had an underactive thyroid and I did spend a good period of time and I'm talking months trying to get my thyroid function back up into a normal range via staying out of a calorie deficit, really prioritizing health through nutrition, trying to manage stress to the best of my ability, pulling back on training frequency and intensity. 
And I was quite impatient at the time because I knew I wanted to prep again the next year. And so I'd started, I don't know if I regret this. I I think if I had, if I could go back in time, I would have made the decision not to start supplementing with thyroid hormone. And I would have um, just pulled away from competing at that point. But it's so hard when you're in that moment, because like I said, at that time, competing felt like my entire life. It felt like my purpose. It felt like the reason I was valuable to the world and to the people around me. Um, And so at that time, I went on thyroid hormone. I supplemented with thyroid hormone because I felt like I would have done anything to step back on stage. So I did go down that route to get my thyroid thyroid hormones back up into a normal range um, so that I could prep again and so that I could start responding well again and start feeling better without having to wait. Um, I'll come on to some other things shortly, but just to touch on that now, I am now not taking any thyroid hormone at all. Um, I don't take any PEDs or anything like that. Um, and I haven't taken any thyroid hormone since I stopped competing, um, because I did decide to come off it and try and get things back where they should be without relying on that and touch wood. Luckily I have been able to do that. I've had my bloods done since I've stepped away from competing and everything has been normal because I've been really patient with prioritizing my health and I've properly invested in that whereas during that improvement season I was still actively bodybuilding you know I didn't go all in on prioritizing my health unfortunately and I wasn't patient enough um and so that's why I went down the route of of supplementing with thyroid hormone but I am not on anything now for the record um but yeah that is a decision that if I could go back I would change um I wouldn't do that again but in the in the moment you it's so strange but you can your perception can be very warped in those moments and like I said it felt like competing was my entire life so at the time I would have done anything um and I knew that due to me having used competing as a distraction as a bit of a coping mechanism I'd have my fair share of challenges to face psychologically out of the other side of it, as well as having to restore my physical health. Um, And I did deal with those things. I did the work myself. I started journaling. I started meditating. I started going to yoga. And I also started going to therapy. Um, So all of these things, the the point I'm trying to get across here is that I really have done the work and I did it for a really long period of time to get myself back into a good a good spot, both mentally and physically. And it was a really difficult process to go through um, for so many different reasons. But yeah, I did the work. I went to therapy. I remember going, going to my first session and just absolutely crying my eyes out for the hour. And um, that was the first time, probably a bit of an overshadow, but anyway. And that was um, the first time that I had cried in a very, very long time at the time. Um, So 
yeah but it was one of the best things I I ever did and I did, I went to therapy for about six months um and then took a break and then ended up going back and there was multiple things I addressed during that period of time where I was working with a professional it wasn't just about competing it was about my personal life and things that I went through when I was younger and um things that I'd been through in the relationship breakdown that I went through so just want to emphasize you know it wasn't just down to competing but all of these things do tie in together and often the things that we go through in our lives whether it be when we were younger or more recently it often influences our behaviors and our tendency to engage with things like competing and you don't always realize that until you're out of the other side and you're looking back. I definitely didn't realize that until I did the work on myself and came to this realization of, oh, okay, that's why I behave in that way. That's where I felt like I need needed a distraction or a coping mechanism. And really we know that if we do use distraction techniques, if we use coping mechanisms, they have their place in some circumstances, but we need to be doing the work on the actual root cause of why we're seeking those coping mechanisms in the first place, because that the issue is not going to disappear via using distraction techniques or coping mechanisms. We need to do the inner work as well. So, yeah, therapy was a game changer for me. I still journal now um, every single day, most days. I, I have the odd day where I don't. If, for example, I'm away and I can't or I'm super busy for whatever reason, but I try to make time for even if it's just five minutes each day. And it is one of the tools that really helps keep me in as good of a place as possible. Um, And it's something that I recommend to a lot of my clients as well. It's not for everybody. There's no one size fits all when it comes to tools to help us manage stress and deal with our emotions and process them. Um, but it certainly is a fantastic tool, especially for those who might not have access to therapy. It's very expensive. It's one of the reasons I didn't continue forever. <laughs> I did it for, like I said, six months and I took a break and then I actually went back to deal with some other things. Um, but there are things we can do even if we can't access therapy. And journaling is a great option. Meditation is a great option yoga especially yoga that incorporates meditation um and actually whilst I'm on that note I had a chat with a client the other day she might be listening to this actually so hello if you are I won't name any names um but she I suggested yoga to her and she she said you know I don't want to go to yoga as just another distraction um and I said to her look this isn't about another distraction it's about actually immersing yourself in the practice and um really being intentional about engaging with the breath work and the mindfulness and then carrying that through the rest of your life with you um it's not to to overdo it with it but it's actually to immerse yourself in that practice which can have its benefits from a body image perspective uh from a mindfulness perspective breath work perspective and those tools can be utilized in the rest of our lives um so it's not about distraction it's not about avoidance it's about bringing yourself into your body sometimes bringing yourself into your emotions and allowing yourself to feel them and working through them in the practice um it's not about avoidance and I think it's really important to recognize that my body image also was not great um towards the end of my time competing I 
I've spoken about this before, but I remember retaking my progress pictures several times. And when I say several times, I mean probably about 20 times because I was just obsessed with looking as what, as perfect as possible. And when I say perfect, I mean my own perception of perfect. And I wanted to look as perfect as possible for my coach but also for social media because I was posting progress updates on social media as well. Um, And I wanted to look as lean as physically possible. Um, And as many of you will probably be able to relate to if you've dieted before and never thought that I was lean enough. Always wanted more, always wanted to be leaner. And I did not realise how lean I was at the time. It's only now that I realise how lean I was and how detrimental to my health that will have been whereas at the time I remember literally sucking in my midsection when I had probably just about zero body fat on the midsection so I don't know what I was sucking in my bodily organs maybe but I genuinely thought that I had distended midsection in some of the pictures and videos that I took and looking back there was absolutely nothing there um so how warped our body image can be at the time and how much body dysmorphia we can be suffering from is is shocking and you don't always realize that until you look back um I didn't have an eating disorder but I engaged in a lot of disordered eating disordered eating behaviors which many people who compete do through my time competing and I was obsessive about monitoring my food And you know what? I wore it like a badge of honor, the fact that I would weigh everything out to the gram and I would track absolutely everything. I wore that like an absolute badge of honor. I thought it was something to be really proud of. And in reality, I know that it was just quite disordered Um, to the point where I would weigh out my cucumber. And if it was like a gram off, I would adjust that to make sure that it was the exact amount that I had tracked. So yeah, it was not healthy to be that obsessed with food and to want to micromanage my food to that level. And what I will say is that the way that we eat when we are going through a contest prep, sometimes during improvement seasons as well, depending on how sort of how you approach those phases. Um, but the way that we eat during a prep definitely is not healthy it's not it that's not what a good relationship with food looks like no matter how you go about it it is to some extent disordered and I think it's really important to recognize that because it it, it, no matter what approach you take it is obsessive you are micromanaging your food you are eating to quite strict time frames usually um you're not checking in with yourself. You're not checking in with your hunger cues. You're ignoring them. Um, It probably, you know, most bodybuilders will get stressed if they have to deviate from their plan in any way, shape or form. And again, that is slightly disordered. And it's really important to recognize that. But I felt completely disconnected to myself and my body. And I knew that I had to go all in on prioritizing my health in order to address all of these things and I wanted to be able to going back to the relationship with food side of things I wanted to be able to go out with friends and family without taking my own food or feeling like I should I had to order 
steak and green beans or something along those lines because I was scared to eat anything else and I wanted to be able to relax around food so that I could go out for the day and spend time with my loved ones without panicking about the next time I could eat or whether I'd be able to get enough protein in I wanted to be able to feel at peace when I went on holiday and to to be able to be fully present when I was spending time with the people in my lives, because I was not able to do that when I was bodybuilding. My thoughts were always consumed by either my body, my physique, the way that I looked, or food, so my next meal, or training, or cardio, when I was going to be able to get my steps in, when I was going to be able to get my cardio done, whether I was going to be able to get to bed on times so that I would feel well rest in the morning and get enough sleep to actually be recovered. My thoughts were consumed by the process at all times. And that's one of the reasons why we people often turn to bodybuilding for a distraction as a coping mechanism, because it does completely consume our thoughts. It's a great distraction. And I say that kind of sarcastically, but it it is probably one of the biggest distractions out there because every you can in your head make every single hour count towards the end goal and your thoughts can be completely consumed by it all of the time and so you haven't got much room for thoughts about anything else and that's one of the reasons people turn to it when they are struggling because it is so consuming and I was definitely one of those people but I want I got to the point where I actually wanted to escape from that and I wanted to be able to be present because you can't be present when your thoughts are consumed by other things you can't truly connect with the people around you you can't truly engage in conversation you can't truly be yourself and I just wanted that back so post-show when I decided I needed to take a step back from competing I accepted that I'd have to gain body fat and I placed my focus on feeling performing and functioning as my best it was an incredibly difficult process to go through where I genuinely felt so uncomfortable in my own skin at times and it's so difficult to see your body change and to accept gaining body fat after spending such a long period of time chasing condition and chasing being leaner and seeing stage lean as success, it really is so hard. So it took a really long time to accept that. And there were so many times where I had such a strong urge to diet to go through a fat loss phase, to maybe even go through another competition prep at times. But I challenged those urges, journaled about it, worked through it, rationalized my thoughts and acknowledged that dieting would not solve my problems. It would actually only make them 10 times worse. And I wouldn't have been successful in losing body fat and keeping it off anyway because my body was not in a position to be responsive when my health was in tatters in the way that it was, you know, my thyroid function wasn't great. 
um, my estrogen was low, it didn't have a period, your body doesn't respond well when it's in that position. And so even if I had tried to diet, it would have likely only made matters even worse. And it's really important to be able to take take a step back and rationalize your thoughts in those moments where you do have that urge to diet because it will occur because it's a really, really difficult process to go through accepting gaining body fat, like I said, after such a long period, working towards losing it and your focus being on being as lean as physically possible. But I knew that riding through the discomfort and challenging myself to keep on going would be worth it. So I just focused on that and tried to identify the positive aspects of the process, such as the fact that I felt like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders because I no longer had to live up to the this expectation of what a bodybuilder should be doing. And I was finally dealing, even just the fact that I was finally dealing with the things that I needed to deal with, And I felt like I was living in line with my true values that in itself felt like a massive weight had been lifted off my shoulders. It felt like I was almost free. And that's an incredible feeling. So recognizing these positive aspects of the process, along with the fact that, you know, I could socialize, I could do whatever I wanted with my day. I could invest more time, energy and effort into business, into friendships, into relationships with family and otherwise and all of these things are so positive and really adds your life in so many ways so if you can focus on these things during the difficult times as well as feeling your way through the difficult emotions it can be an absolute game changer um and to help myself through this difficult period I made sure that I was doing everything I possibly could to support myself. So I called myself out on unhelpful behaviors, such as body checking. I stopped taking progress pictures altogether. So something that I always say to competitors or past competitors that are moving away from bodybuilding is make sure that you're no longer taking progress pictures in your bodybuilding poses as a minimum, because if you do that, you're likely to compare yourself to when you were stage lean because that is what you defined as success in those poses. But for me personally, I had stopped taking them all together. And some of you guys listening to this will probably have to do that too. And again, it was one of the most freeing things that I ever did um, so that I was no longer comparing myself to where I'd been previously or other people. And I was able to become more accepting of my body for what it was outside of the way that it looked and appreciative, appreciative for my body of those things. And um, I also was able to become far more accepting of the fact that our bodies fluctuate throughout our lives. It is inevitable. And it's really difficult to be accepting of those fluctuations when you're monitoring your body so closely and you've been taught to see not looking as lean to be a negative thing, which is ultimately what is preached within the bodybuilding um, lifestyle. So taking a step back from progress pictures was great for me. 
I stopped tracking my food altogether straight away when I stopped competing. Yes, that meant body fat gain, but that was the goal. Um, and yes, that meant I overeat. I overeat. <laughs> I overate many times. Um, but again, that wasn't, I knew that me having those overeating episodes, I didn't have a binge eating disorder. I didn't have frequent binges or anything like that. I just overate sometimes quite a lot to the point that I was quite uncomfortably full, but it wasn't a mindless decision, a mindless decision. It was mind, it was mindful-ish. Um, I was making a conscious choice, I should say. It wasn't mindless. Um, I made a decision to eat when I was hungry and allowed myself to overeat knowing that if I did that it would eventually subside my hunger hormones would normalize and after I'd gone through that initial exploration phase with food I would no longer feel the need to overeat anymore and things would settle so I accepted that I may overeat at periods of time and that would come with body fat gain but that wasn't gonna harm my ability to achieve my goals and so I accepted that um I reduced my training frequency and intensity again to prioritize hormone health and make sure that I was able to restore menstrual cycle function and I started moving my body in different ways through things like yoga and pole dancing which were really, really beneficial for me because it really taught me to connect with my body and to appreciate my body for what it could do without having to train to failure every session and be absolutely trashing myself. And as a result of doing all of these things and going all in on prioritizing my health, eventually my period did come back after a few months it was a regular at first. So I had extremely long cycles. I think there were 50 odd days to begin with. Um, and that's quite common when you first have your period, you have your first bleed post amenorrhea. And I had to be really patient in getting it back to being regular again. And that is something that I accepted because I thought about how long, how many years I spent neglecting my body and trashing my hormone health and how long I spent without a regular cycle. And with that in mind, you can't expect it to just bounce back straight away. You've put your body through so much. It's going to take a while to recover from that. And it's really important to recognize that and be patient with this process of restoring health. And eventually, when I did restore regular menstrual cycle function, my sex drive started to come back. Um, I was like, wow, zero to 100 real quick. Um, and my personality came back. My energy levels came back. I was an all-round better person to be around. And these things for me well outweighed the fact that I was uncomfortable with gaining body fat. At time, There were times where it didn't outweigh it. There were times where I thought, I just need to lose body fat. I was desperate to. And I felt so uncomfortable. Um, but I was just disciplined with myself and told myself, look, push through this, things will get better. And they did. And they will for you if you're going through this as well. Um, especially when you start to feel the benefits of restoring health, because it's just the most freeing thing in the world. And it'll make such a huge difference to your quality of life. 
And I was able to form new friendships, form new relationships, engage in different activities with different groups of people. My hunger hormones stabilized eventually. And after I'd gone through that, like I said, that initial exploration phase with food, I gradually stopped overeating because I didn't feel a want or a need to do that anymore. I knew that I had unconditional permission to eat whatever foods whenever I wanted to eat them. And so I didn't need to overconsume them when I was presented with them. And that's often a common misconception that people have of giving yourself this unconditional permission to eat. They think that that will result in them overconsuming food regularly and eating like a six pack of donuts every day. When in reality, that's not the case because once you've given yourself true unconditional permission to eat whatever foods you want, that those foods are no longer a novelty anymore and so you don't feel that need to overconsume them like you might initially think you would because if you do say you do overconsume them initially when you do have that initial exploration phase you'll then realize oh actually that didn't give didn't give me the pleasure that I thought it would and I actually feel quite uncomfortable right now and so you gradually learn not to do that And especially if you get in touch with your values and if one of your values is health, obviously you can put into practice eating in line with that. And if you put into practice mindful eating behaviors, again, that's another thing that will reduce your likelihood of overeating. And you can't be truly mindful if you're following a bodybuilding approach where you're really strict with the quantities of food you're consuming and when you're consuming food. So actually it seems counterproductive becoming more relaxed and letting go of control. But it's so freeing. And where you might think that it would result in you eating, overeating excessively, sometimes does the opposite. Eventually, once you get past that initial exploration phase. Um, And... I had more energy for my work and started to love it even more than I did beforehand, which I didn't think was possible at the time, but it absolutely was. Um, And my productivity and efficiency shot up massively because of my health improving. And again, I think that's something that people overlook massively. Often people are scared to step away from bodybuilding because of the impact it might have on their business. But actually, if you consider the time, energy and effort that you'll get back to invest in your business could quite be the opposite case if you play your cards right. And it took time but everything started to gradually fall into place. And when my health was restored, I almost felt like I'd found myself again after losing a lot of myself the back end of my time competing and again it was just the most incredible feeling and I feel like I find out more about myself like every month basically um and eventually I stopped comparing myself to the stage lean version of me and it got to the point where I was like actually I don't even do that anymore whereas I do that all the time in that initial transition away from bodybuilding it took a while for me to stop doing that And a big part, a big player in that, I think, was stopping weighing myself. Because whenever I used to weigh myself, I used to refer back to I'm X pounds above my stage weight. And I had this number in my head, which I didn't feel like I should allow myself to get to. Because when I was bodybuilding, 
I was always told if you get to this number on the scales, it's going to make it really hard to prep against. We need to keep it below that. So I constantly had that number in my head when in reality it was no longer relevant anymore because I wasn't going to be stepping on stage anymore, but I couldn't help. But when I stepped on the scales, have that number come back into my head and criticize myself for however many pounds I'd gained over my body, over my stage weight, which is quite ridiculous. So I made the decision to remove my scale weight completely because of the fact it wasn't serving me. And that was one of the best things I ever did for my acceptance of myself and where I was and to help detach myself from the stage lean version of me and to stop comparing myself and to truly let go of the old me and step into the new me. And I never went back to tracking and I... I'll tell you what, I tried to go back to tracking one time when I was competing in a CrossFit competition. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'll just track in the run up to it to make sure that um, I really am eating enough. And I just couldn't get on board with it, to be completely honest with you guys. I think I've just done it for that many years. That, And I know that I don't need it. So I just couldn't bring myself to do it properly. So I thought, I don't need to do this. It's not the right decision for me to go back to tracking. So ditch the idea and now I feel truly at peace with food and I haven't gone back to tracking since and for the record I haven't done CrossFit for about a year and a half so it was a long time ago that I did that but um yeah quickly realized that it was not the route for me to go down and maybe I will use tracking again in the future there's nothing wrong with using it as a tool if you can have a healthy relationship with it don't think that I will with where I'm at now but what I'm saying is that I'm not against it if it had its place and if um, the individual has a healthy relationship with it. I use tracking with some of my clients who can have a healthy relationship with it. Um, But there's a time and a place. And especially for me right now, whilst my goal is just maintenance um, and to progress with my training performance gradually whilst maintaining good health um, and a body composition that I'm happy with, I don't need tracking to do that, especially after I spent so many years tracking. Um, And I feel like I gradually rediscovered who I was outside of bodybuilding. And that took time and a lot of experimentation, but I eventually got there. So be patient if you're going through this. You will have days where you feel lost. That's a part of this process, but you will get to a part, a point where you feel at peace and like you found yourself again, I can assure you. And who I was outside of bodybuilding, that's something that I had absolutely no idea of when I left the sport initially, because like I said, at the start of this podcast, it had consumed me. It was something that had been my my entire life for so long. And I wasn't only a competitor myself when I decided to take a step back from it, but I was a bodybuilding coach too. So it wasn't only my life personally but it was my life professionally too. And so you can imagine how daunting taking a step back from the sport really was. Can't put into words how scary it was. I was absolutely terrified of what might happen to my business. And I felt incredibly alone personally, especially because when I was bodybuilding, everyone in my circle, like my friendship circle and my partner at the time was in the sport of bodybuilding. And so, oh God, I felt so lonely when I moved away from it. 
And it took such a long time to find people, find my people and find friendships outside of the sport. But I did eventually get there. And I knew that I couldn't carry on acting out of alignment with my values when I was literally waking up every single day feeling anxious when I was coaching competitors and when I was still bodybuilding. And that was because I was so out of alignment. So it was causing me anxiety and it was because I cared so much about my clients and their health. Yeah, I knew I was pushing them through this process that would, even if you minimize the negative impacts from a health perspective, it's still sat you still sacrifice your health throughout bodybuilding. So it really put me about knowing that I cared so much about my clients, but I was pushing through this process that would have a negative impact on the health no matter how we went about it. And so that was really, really difficult. And I knew that that needed to change. And so I had to lean into the discomfort of accepting change and redefining myself. And when I finally reached that place of peace where I am now and restored health and rediscovered who I really was, it genuinely felt like I'd been set free. And it's incredible. And something I do want to say is, just because I have reached this place of peace and I've reached this place of health doesn't mean I don't have bad days. I have days where I struggle from a body image perspective, where I don't feel my best self. I'm a bit like meh about the way that I look or I'm not feeling very comfortable in my own skin, but that's a part of being human. And it no longer consumes my thoughts like it used to. It no longer affects my ability to go about my day and I'm able to quite quickly rationalize my thoughts on that on those days and get on with things. Whereas in the past, it would have consumed me that I didn't feel good about my body. So that's the difference. And also the fact that those difficult body image days are much less frequent than they used to be. Um, so just a point on like, even when you've got to a good place with these things, you work, doesn't mean you'll never have negative thoughts. It doesn't mean that you'll never have difficult days. It just means that, first of all, the frequency of them is much less. You're much more capable of dealing with them. They don't consume you. Those thoughts don't consume you. They don't stop you from going about your day. And you're just able to sort of get on with things. And you're accepting of yourself and your body, regardless of how you feel about your body composition. That I think is one of the key players there. And overall, like I said, I still have difficult days. I still have days where, you know, shit hits the fan and things don't go so well. Or, you know, something happens in my personal life and I'm down or I'm not feeling good or I'm anxious for whatever reason. We all we are human. We all have those days. You are not alone. I feel anxious sometimes. Let me tell you, anxious as hell. But that's just due to certain life events that happen and it's a normal human reaction to experience those emotions or those reactions. Um, but on the whole, I've never felt as happy and fulfilled as I do now. I'm still dealing with hard stuff. My body image, you know, still fluctuates because that's life but my thoughts no longer revolve around food my body my exercise and myself my sense of self my sense of self-worth does not fluctuate in line with those things like it has done in the past and I'm so much more capable of dealing with the hard stuff and rationalizing my thoughts 
And if you guys are struggling right now, I really hope that you get here too. And thank you so much for the person who said, I'm so happy you found this balance. I'm still working on finding it. Again, you will get there. You will 100% get there. I speak to you guys regularly. And those of you who are struggling, I want you to know that I'm with you. I'm always here if you ever want to reach out. So please don't hesitate to do so. I'm genuinely always happy to help however I can. I'm happy to just have a conversation in the DMs if you want to. And I just want to be there for you. And I want you to know that the way that you feel right now is temporary and it will pass and you will get through it. You just need to make sure you're putting the work in on the things that are genuinely important. You know, for example, if you know you've got work to do from a body image and relationship with food perspective, don't jump into another transformation challenge. Don't jump into another contest prep. You're just going to hold yourself back and make this a much more difficult process to go through when you do eventually come round to dealing with it. So stick with it. I know it's hard. I know it feels impossible at times, but it will be 100% worth it when you get out of the other end. I can assure you of that. And one of the other questions that I've not covered yet was, do you think social media helped or hurt you when transitioning away from bodybuilding? I don't think it helped. I have spoken about this previously. So when I initially decided to move away from bodybuilding, I didn't announce it on social media. And I think that was one of the best things I could have done because I just allowed myself to take that step back and process the decision for myself before anyone else knew about it. So I think that was one of the most sensible things that I did. And for anyone going through this, I would say don't feel like you have to announce it. And Give yourself time, give yourself time to process your decision yourself and to work through it yourself um, without pressure from others. And then you can talk about it when you're ready. And that's what I did. I talked about it later um, in a post. And when I eventually did talk about it, it almost felt like a bit of a relief because I had proce processed it myself by that point. I'd come to a decision and I dealt with the initial sort of like hurdle of starting to work on my relationship with food, body image, physical health. I'd got into the flow of that. Um, and so when I did announce that decision, it was kind of like, oh, a little bit of weight off my shoulders because everyone knows about it now. People are going to stop asking me when I'm next going to compete. That's great. <laughs> That's going to help. Um, but I think to summarize, probably more on the side of hurt because I don't think it helped in any way definitely didn't help I think it would have been a smoother process if social media didn't exist if I wasn't on social media because I wouldn't have had to even worry about telling anyone about my decision whereas I knew that I had to do that because I was constantly getting questions such as when are you next going to compete um what's the goal all of these types of things um so it does it adds pressure that wouldn't be there if social media didn't exist or if you weren't on social media. And I think it's obviously it's in our nature as humans to seek external validation. And so you do worry about what other people are going to think, even if you really try not to. And even if you do the work on yourself, it's almost an inbuilt, you know, it's an inbuilt human instinct that we want to um, seek external validation and, for a lot of us in the fitness industry we are people pleasers 
And so, and that's something that I've worked on a lot, but definitely, you know, years ago when I did transition away from bodybuilding, I was definitely still in the people pleasing moment. And you do, like I said, take on board other people's opinions, worry about what other people might think. Um, And yeah, it definitely was more on the negative side than the positive side. Um, And I think what added to that as well is, like I said, a lot of, at the time, my my peers, my friends, um, we're all in bodybuilding circles. And so that added to the fact that I was worried about what other people might think. Um, and I'd moved away from my bodybuilding gym, um, obviously had the relationship breakdown and all of that side of things. So none of that helped either. And social media exacerbated the impact that those things had on the process. Um, because I knew that I would get opinions from other people. I got opinions from other people throughout my my prep and um, life changes. And I knew that I would with this life change as well. Um, and it also makes it more difficult when you have a business tied to fitness or bodybuilding as well, because there is the fear of, oh, if I gain body fat, will people still come to me for coaching? Um and the fear of, you know, am I still, am I still relevant if I change, if my body changes, if my goals change, will people still be interested in the journey? Um, but what really helped me personally is just really thinking about, okay, where do I actually want to go with coaching? And what do I want to be known for? And I've always wanted to be known for my knowledge and who I am as a person and not my physique. Even when I was bodybuilding, I always, something I always did was every single post on social media, I made sure that there was some form of value in there. I never wanted to be the person who was just posting physique shots with no context and no value and no education um, and being known for that. I always wanted to be known as the person who was knowledgeable, hence me starting this podcast back in 2018 when I was still bodybuilding. Um so that's something that helped me that the fact that I always valued knowledge I always valued I always wanted people to come to me because they knew who I was as a person they knew my values and they knew that I was knowledgeable and that I had great insight and that they would be in caring hands you know in the hands of someone who really does care about them so that definitely helped and just re-establishing my personal and professional values really helped as well um but yeah I'd say if you're someone who's going through this don't be afraid to take a step back from social media obviously I couldn't really take a complete step back because I have an online business but if you're able to take a step back definitely take a step back from it because it will do you the world of God to detach yourself from that and if you do have a business related social media think about how you can still provide value um, and how you can shift the focus from your physique to other things um to your value and your knowledge and also challenge what you perceive to be a quote-unquote better physique as well because I say this to people a lot you know there's a lot of bodybuilders who coach general population clients um, and are trying to attract general population clients and posting stage lean physiques will attract some of them but actually for a lot of them it's quite off-putting and it's quite off-putting to see 
people go through their bodybuilding journey. And I know this because I worked as a one-to-one personal trainer with gen pop clients for a long period of time at a pure gym. Um, and I, my clients were genuinely concerned about me. They would ask me, are you okay? Like, are you, are you struggling at the moment? Are you unwell? Um, because I was so small and lean. Um, and I used, I remember I used to wear like jackets under my pure gym jacket to try and bolt myself up and make myself look like I was carrying more body fat and like I was healthier. I used to wear makeup all the time. Um, and yeah, it can be quite off-putting for gen pop clients. So I think that's something really reassuring to remember and to think about when it comes to practicing what you preach, think about what that actually is. Um, because when you coach gen pop clients, practicing what you preach is definitely not doing bodybuilding shows. So if you think about actually what that looks like in reality, that can be really helpful as well. And just surrounding yourself with people who are, you know, outside of the bodybuilding world. Um, but let me know if that helps guys. I hope you're having a wonderful day whenever you're listening to this. Thank you so much for your support as always. If you do enjoy the content on the female fitness podcast, please like subscribe, leave a review wherever you're listening and share that you're listening on your Instagram story so that I can reach and help more people. And if you're interested in one-to-one coaching with me, I do currently have a little bit of space available. Not a lot because we're launching our next, the flourishing coach course in October but I do in the run up to that have a small amount of space available to get on it. DM me if you're interested and I will chat to you all soon.